This episode of the Expatcast is brought to you by Safety Wing. I think we can all admit that the corona pandemic has mostly been challenging and difficult, but there's been a couple of things that have happened as a side effect of this pandemic that aren't the worst. One of those is that more and more companies are letting their employees work remotely. If you're someone like that or you're living as a digital nomad, Safety Wing is a company you definitely want to know about. They offer healthcare and insurance that is specifically for remote workers and nomads, so you can buy it from anywhere in the world and just keep on traveling. They have worldwide coverage, fast sign-up, customizable add-ons, and, very important these days, no exclusions for COVID-19. So no matter where you are or what your healthcare need is, Safety Wing can help you meet it. Safety Wing is your home country, online. Click the link in the bio to save 5% on your first year of remote health insurance. Safe travels! Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Some holidays, like Father's Day and Labor Day, they exist in Germany too, but they're not on the same dates as in the US. So for instance, Labor Day in America is sometime in early September, and in Germany, it's the 1st of May, so actually just a couple days ago. The holiday that's inspiring today's episode is Mother's Day, and it is actually the same in the US and in Germany. That is, of course, mighty convenient for someone like me who has a hard time remembering these days in either country. <laughs> so I'm really excited to bring you the very first Mother's Day themed episode of the Expat Cast. This episode started out when Alana reached out to me. She is a listener of the show and just wanted to drop a quick line telling me that she enjoyed it and sharing a bit of her story. And she shared this beautiful story of how her mom moved to the U.S. when she was really young and ended up staying there, starting a family. But she, Alana, ended up moving from the U.S. to Germany as an adult. And now they have this flip-flopped expat experience that gives them plenty to talk about, that's for sure. (laughs) So I asked her if her and her mom might be interested in coming on the show together and telling us about both of their expat journeys and then also what that has done to their mother-daughter relationship. Very excited to say that Alana and her mother, Gabby, were down for this. And that's the episode you're getting today. I gotta say, just listening to their interaction warmed my heart so much when we were recording. Editing it was an absolute joy. And I hope it is just as much of a delight to listen to. And if you listen to it before Sunday, then let this be a reminder that it's about to be Mother's Day. So do something nice for your mama. (laughs) Gabby and Alana have so many great things to share that I'm not going to waste any more of your time blabbering on. So let's get right to it. I hope that you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. My name is Alana Harrison. I guess it's it's clearest to say that I'm from O'Fallon, Illinois, and I'm currently living in Ulm, Germany, and I've been living here for one year now, but I've been in Germany since 2017. My name is Gabriele Kapellmann. I am from Hannover, Germany, and I came to the United States in 1987, a little bit before my 24th birthday. We're going to get into the ins and outs of of what it's been like for you to having this intergenerational expat story. To guide us into that conversation, we're going to start with you, Alana, and if you can tell us how you first became interested in moving abroad. I think that it was always 
on my radar, so to say. I grew up hearing stories from my mother about Germany. As a family, we would visit every five years or so. And so, I mean, there were pictures of me standing next to a castle, I want to say, when I was five years old, six years old. So even when it wasn't in my present uh, conscious memory, I knew that I had been there and there was a desire to to go back someday. And of course, both my parents are really into traveling. My mother would, whenever she could, take trips, but I, I won't speak for her. <laughs> I, I'll let you fill that part in, mom. <laughs> but um, also with my dad, he would be going on mission trips. He's a, he's a minister and he would go to India or Central or South America. And so I think because my parents made traveling seems so accessible never was a question to me that I that I also wouldn't travel and probably live abroad someday did you think it was going to be Germany or was that to you almost like too boring since you had that connection because I could kind of see it going either <laughs> either way <laughs> yeah I mean it, it went back and forth so when I was in college I did my bachelor's in Arkansas and I did a semester abroad in Belgium. And I think then I consciously chose not to go to Germany because I I knew that I wanted to spend more time in Europe, but Germany maybe se- seemed like the obvious choice at the time. And even when I was looking at graduate school programs, like I, I also looked in the UK. So I think, I think Europe was very much on my mind, but um, it took me maybe a little bit longer to... I guess, accept to myself that Germany was the place that I that I wanted to be. And when you did first move abroad, did you think that this was a permanent move? I think I think it was an evolving uh, reaction to it. So um, I I like to tell my parents when I decided to go to Germany, I, I bought a one way ticket. So I knew that I was going to stay there and stay there for a while after I spent my first year in Germany and kind of realized how how hard it is also to be an expat, I thought, well, maybe I get my master's degree and then I'll come back to the States. And then after I, I finished my master's degree and had my first job here, I thought, well, maybe I work here three, five years, establish my career and then move someplace else. But the longer that I've been here, the more I realize that I'm really content with my life in Germany. I feel connected in in a lot of ways to my roots here. In some ways, because I I was born here and then was raised in the States, um, coming back felt like a kind of homecoming for me. And so I don't know how long I will stay, but I know that I'm not ready to leave. And you said it wasn't overnight that you felt good about about living in Germany, that you felt at home there in a sense. Right. So would you say there was a moment that you did start to think, ah, I'm not just abroad, I'm also home? So I did my master's program in English in Leipzig, and I had a really good experience and, and made a lot of friends there, but I definitely felt like I was living in a kind of expat bubble. And in some ways, then um, starting to work in Germany and starting to communicate more in German, making friends first in German versus English made me feel that I had a stronger connection to the to the country beyond just my family circle and made me feel like I could see myself being part of, of life here. And I think that's helped me a lot feeling more at home. Do you have your favorite part about living abroad and flip side of the same coin, the most frustrating part? I love the quality of life in Germany. I do not enjoy driving. And so just being able to take public transportation anywhere, 
I love the bread. I love that there is, I think, an appreciation here still for art and culture and making it very accessible to the people. I, I wasn't able to see a lot of plays or things like that growing up. And sometimes art museums were really far away. But I love that you in any sort of mid-sized German town, they have their art museum. They do have centers then available that people can just go to and they make it very affordable for people. So I think just the baseline of, of quality of life here is really high. And now the frustrating part. <laughs> right. Well, um, yeah, I mean, obviously the bureaucracy, I find that it's just very challenging. I I feel like I've hit maybe a new level in my German speaking ability now that I'm able to argue in multiple settings. So I can go to the bank and argue with them. I can go to the hospital and argue with doctors there. Um, I can argue in the Ausländerbehörde. So to turn a negative into a positive, I think that Germany is helping me be more assertive and direct when I speak to figures of authority. And if nothing else, I've gained that from living here. That's so true. I feel like you get these certificates for getting to B1, B2, C1, B2. But the real certificate is when you can argue back with someone of authority and not crumble and also get what you need. (laughs) Achievement unlocked, for sure. Okay, wonderful. So now we're going to rewind a little bit and ask these very same questions to you, Gabby. So how did you first become interested in living abroad? I knew that I wanted to see the world after high school. I had an opportunity to go to Norway as an au pair. I distinctly remember going back for Christmas, sitting in a train, talking with a guy from India. I still remember the conversation. It was about sunflowers and the use of sunflowers. I never forgot that. But I was crossing from Denmark into Germany, and I this awareness of crossing a border was extremely strong. And it put the first time into my mind... The, the awareness of being German, which I hadn't ever really thought about, you know, growing up Germany, I'm German, I traveled to Italy, France, as you, as you do as an European, you know, you're crossing borders so quickly. But I think the awareness of border was really strong. And I realized I'm not just German anymore. I'm part of a larger world. After that experience, I uh, got my education. And then there was a point in my life I had to make a decision where I'm going now. And it turned out it was my decision to make. And I saw an ad in a paper that a family was looking for an au pair here in the U.S., in Atlanta, Georgia. I spontaneously replied. And two months later, I was in the U.S. The U.S. was not on my dream of places I wanted to visit. It was more like Bali and uh, Russia, you know, something like that. So the U.S. truly wasn't. Plus, I did not speak English. I was rather convinced that I was incapable of learning a second language because I wasn't very successful in school. Here I was with absolutely no English in a foreign country and, yeah, taking care of two small children ending up meeting Alanis and Lucas and Alexander, her brother's father. He proposed and I married him. So I came in January of 1987 and married him in December of 1987. The universe is sometimes providing you with opportunities, a path ahead that is unexpected. And as much as you think you're going a certain way, you're stepping onto roads that lead you somewhere what. You know, that is the adventurous thing. And I think that is part of what the 
our family has. We are provided this opportunity. I think all of us do that in some ways. And we're stepping on this path and see where it leads. You know, in, I see it in all of my three children. And as Alana mentioned, her father has traveled so many places and has an openness for culture and diversity of people. And I think that we brought into the family, all of us. But like I said, I did not expect ending up in the U.S. or even staying here for now over 30 years. How long was your contract for the, the au pair? Oh, I was just planning to be here for a year. <laughs> wow. And do you remember back then when you were, you know, falling in love and, and saying yes to a proposal and getting married? Were you thinking, like, was it conscious to you that this might mean that America is more permanent? Yeah, I knew. I knew I wouldn't go back to Germany because it was also, like most um, or many, around my husband's work at the time. He uh, went to Emory University to get his Master's of Divinity. Through that program, he had an opportunity to go to Germany because he got a scholarship. So, so we had first uh, a student marriage, and then of course, then we went to Germany and continued that kind of life. Uh, he was at Göttingen University, and I was pregnant with Ilana at the time. I think that that was really helpful, having this connect uh, with Ilana's father and the experience in Germany and his openness of cultural experience. And also for me in that sense that I really was aware I, I was married to an American and uh, I started to see myself, who am I as a German? Who is he as American? How do we connect to each other? And I was very grateful that I was able to have Ilana in Germany. I don't know what it would, would have been like you know, having my first child Uh, so far away from family and having family nearby celebrating you know the grandparents seeing this their firstborn uh, grandchild and me being there and celebrating my brother's wedding and stuff like that that happened that was just really special and wonderful and then coming back to the United States it really changed a little bit because my role was as a pastor's wife which certainly influenced my personal story in that setting. Where do you think along this timeline that you really started to feel like the U.S. was home for you, or at least one of multiple homes? Um, I always say home is where you make friends. And I was very lucky that I did always had really wonderful friends in my life. The question of home became a question of identity and growing in the language because I think that all flows together, you know, where you create a home in your own personal space. And then it's also when you become more comfortable in the language and, and get a sense of uh, language and the use of language, then the, the connect to other peoples becomes different. And that also creates a feeling of home. Then it's a question of identity. Who am I? You know, am I German? Am I an American? Uh, what is my history as a German and what is now my history as an American? How do I connect to the history of these both countries? Eventually, yeah, I'm at home here because I feel comfortable. I think my, my personality fits better in this country to some extent. On the other is it fits better into Germany. But now when I'm going back, people say, oh, you sound American. Your voice melody has changed. I think just by experience and life history that 
I don't have a distinct point when I can say this became home, but it definitely is. Because the question then after my divorce was like, where do I go? And there was never a question. I mean, there was a question for a moment. Do I go back? And I thought, yeah, I have the support of family, but the opportunities for me here, and plus I wanted the kids to grow up with their dad. So there was never a question that was definitely home. I think there's a sense of uh, two homes because to this day when I'm flying back uh, to Europe and it doesn't have to be Germany but the moment I hit the mainland and I see it from the airplane I have a distinct feeling there's a switch that's happening inside I know I'm home I get emotional the moment I see the red rooftops in Germany I know I'm home so there is, there's an internal switch that happens that also happens when I go back to the U.S. and I see the landscape. I feel like, oh, yeah, here's my connect too. What is your favorite thing or your favorite things about living abroad? And then the flip side of the coin, what things frustrate you? I've been more open-minded. I, I, I think I always was kind of curious, adventurous and open-minded, but I even more so. Going back to this early experience of, yeah, I want to be part of a larger world, and I know that I am. When I meet people, I can listen differently to their story. I connect to them on a different level. Somebody coming from Peru or somebody coming from Australia or somebody coming from Finland is not a stranger necessarily. That's what I love. You know, I, I love certain things about the American way of life. I, I love the easiness of talk. I love the easiness of co connectiveness. Coming, growing up, I know for, we are not very fuzzy there necessarily. And I love that about <laughs> Americans, you know, having a little bit more continuity of, of language, of expressing love, of expressing what excites us or something like that. The downfall on that is also, that's a flip side, as Alana mentioned, you know, what, what is good can be also negative. America is huge. And I think the sense of crossing borders is not often experienced by people. It makes them, in my opinion, you know, narrow-minded, especially in the Midwest. There's no such thing as the American. There is no such thing as the German. You know, it's too diverse. But what in general is what people... I think share across the world, you'll find this in Germany as well, is if you never cross the border, if you have never walked in somebody else's shoes, you have a very stifled picture of the person and of their culture. And I think, and I encounter that sometimes I feel more here than I do in Germany. So that is, I think, the negative aspect, explicit and implicit biases that I'm still confronted with very often. I think that was a really nice way of putting it. Let's let's turn now and start to talk more directly about how your two life experiences have have affected your relationship with each other and how you've changed how it's changed how you relate to one another because you're both you've both had that experience now. Yeah, I just want to ask you guys first off the bat like how has it been for you guys having having a mom, having a daughter who get all of that? Oh, yeah, let, let me <laughs> Because I think both of us probably grinning will be, uh, will be <laughs> <laughs> because it certainly is something. I, that's a part of living here because I definitely had to make the decision of whom am I raising, and I had to come to terms with I am raising American children. 
Uh, and that is my decision that I made. And here now Ilana can insert herself because I have mm -hmm. an idea might say <laughs> yeah no i i think for me because i was always fascinated with yeah with the german half as i was growing up it, it came up a little bit during the holidays so there would be some traditions like we would always celebrate sankt nicholas tag and then nobody else in our hometown would would celebrate it and i had to explain okay why are we polishing our shoes and why are we putting them out <laughs> what is what's that all about and then it would be the way that I would always introduce myself as a as a child. And I would always put down, uh, no, I'm not just American, I am German. And so it's definitely an identity that I claimed. But I think it's something that I felt maybe a little more ambiguous about um, right before I came even, even though I knew that I wanted to to spend time in Germany. I think for me, because we were raised mostly speaking uh, English, and, and this is something that I've spoken with my mom extensively about, which is why she's laughing in the background. I get so embarrassed sometimes that yes, on, on paper, I am German, but I, I have an accent. I don't always get all the cultural jokes because I wasn't raised with German media. I think my, my upbringing and my mentality in a lot of ways was very American. So making the conscious decision to to move to Germany when I was in my late 20s, I guess I was 26 at the time, was very much this idea that, well, you know, it's it's now or never. If I, if I don't make the leap now, I will always wonder what it would be like to live in Germany as a German. And I found that it was incredibly important to me to, to have this experience and that something in my heart, yeah, something would have been lost and an opportunity would be lost if I did not make that conscious decision to move. And I, I mean, I'm really glad that I did. So Gabby, were you surprised when she said, oh, I'm moving to Germany? Ilana has been to so many different places and I knew that she was really interested in it. I think she was actually more raised German in many ways than she's consciously aware because here comes uh, also uh, my background into play. I grew up in a Waldorf Schule. So when I came here in the United States, I was different. Uh, you know, I used Echinesia before Echinesia became the thing in the United States. My kids were wrapped in cotton and natural fibers before that became a thing in the United States. Instead of plastic toys, they had natural wooden, natural fibers. You know, for me, it was like, I grew up in it. I was already in a while of school, in preschool. So, you know, all my life was around that and very much influenced me. And here I was in America, my kids growing up in a in public school settings that had little squares that they need to check and where, you know, in Valve School Education, everything is so open and explorative. So I, I try to already bring that more into the home life in many ways. So I think in many ways, on Ilana, did, uh, we did speak German. Table prayers were in German. This is true. Exposure of culture was there. And like Ilana mentioned, the traditions, certain traditions were there. I, I did not press the Germanness on the kids because I felt like there, there's a feeling of identity, of belonging, and the rootedness in language. So that was my idea, which I know Ilana disagrees with. <laughs> I felt like my children should choose where they want to go. And they all chose to take German in high school. It was their choice to seek that out, their path of their identity. And, and I feel like this is almost part of the Waldorfschule aesthetic also. I mean, it was your 
your personal choice for for how to raise us, but it was also Waldorf's idea that um, children sort of choose their own educational path to a certain extent. So a child who's interested in learning something, then you give them the tools by which to sort of teach themselves. And I mean, you let us play around and experiment with different hobbies. The idea that we could essentially teach ourselves and that any moment was an opportunity for exploration. This is what I also took away from that. And I don't know how much of that was you, how much of that was Germany, how much of that was the the Waldorf education, but I'm I'm really thankful for it. And And I love that you guys tried things. I love the adventure. And I think that is what is to us, what connects us. You all took off. You all went into, and I talk about Ilana's brothers now too, uh, in different direction and you explored and you're finding your own path. But that is the part I want to bring in here too, is technology. Because when I came over here, it was letter writing. It was the occasional telephone call because they were so expensive. And nowadays we connect through WeChat, we're connecting to WhatsApp, not all of us. We have our calls, we see each other, we are instantaneous connected. We, you being in Italy and taking a video, and, and <laughs> right. we're sharing that. Well, it's nice because I feel like my life is not separate from yours. It's not separate from my brothers. We're still all part of each other's lives. And that makes me feel really good because I've missed so many graduations, birthdays, weddings. And I, I love that we can just connect in this way. The technology lets us do that. I think that's what I grieved not being uh, in Germany because I'm missing my best friend's wedding. I missed uh, children being born or seeing them growing up. And now my niece, I'm a great aunt. She sends me videos and I, I can talk to my grandnephew, you know, niece. And, and, and seeing that, uh, that all doesn't exist. And I, I grieve that also that my children didn't have grandparents in a sense because I wasn't able to go every year to Germany and I was way too afraid to put them on the airplane and send them to Germany by themselves. This sense of connectiveness and these intergenerational experiences that are existing, that, that is really, I, I'm, I'm so grateful about technology. <laughs> Did you guys have moments because of all this technology? You just pick up, you get a video phone call. Let's say, Alani, you come from like a really difficult meeting with, you were at the doctor and you didn't quite succeed in your argumentative oh, right. <laughs> and you get home you can video call your mom like do you turn to each other and say like hey I, i'm having this tough time did you have that when when you were just learning english in america like do you have those kind of moments with each other i think i've called you from like multiple doctor's offices with bureaucracy um that's a great question nicole the thing is like another interesting aspect of this is that the country that you came from mom no longer exists and so in some ways I, I find it fascinating to think through the history and recognize that you grew up in West Germany. I'm living in Germany now. And so while in certain ways you can help me with these processes, because you left when you were so young, I mean, I don't know if you fully understand how to file taxes here. Probably not. No, no, no. I'm very American. I know whom to wo vote for here in this country. I do not know whom to vote for in Germany. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. So I'm definitely, definitely in that sense way I am American. Yeah. So, but I do love experiencing when Ilana shares things, you know, going to the grocery store 
or the experience, you know, going, uh, being on the train. And she knows what that feels like. Even uh, when she said she's going to live in a WG, uh, Wohngemeinschaft. Of course, that exists here too, but just by word choice saying that, and because that's what how I lived, I felt a connectiveness to her and the experience that almost got me to tears because that is, I think, what was difficult here, raising children, that they would not experience what I experienced. They would not read the same books. They they don't experience the snow or they go ice skating on the Mushsee in Hannover. There's a lake there that freezes over. I wouldn't be able to share that. I love that she's experiencing that because I feel more connected. I, I mean, not that we, we always were very much connected, but now we are also culturally and with our past connectiveness because I had my... German life and then I had my American life and very few people that, that know both of it. And now with Ilana being there in Germany, the history becomes circular. She has more an understanding how I grew up, where I grew up, how what shaped me. And I can see what's going to shape her now. The good, the bad, the frustrating, the joyful, everything. The, yeah, there's a deeper understanding. Right. And like the way you approached it, I guess there was always a risk that what if none of your kids ended up being interested in it? You know, you gave them the free choice, but they just as easily could have said, no, I'm not that interested in this Germany stuff. And I'm sure it's really nice to have that connection and, and also to know it's because they want it. I accepted that early on when I'm when I was realizing that I'm raising Americans, not little Germans. <laughs> it was a very strong awareness i think i didn't even realize until a little bit you know years into this experience how much it meant being able to share my history with somebody my best friend since first grade who grew up also in waldorf school has the same experience you know and we have a shared uh, childhood a shared teenagehood she ended up living in uh, outside of new york for a while and that I could call her up and she said, you know, oh, yeah, I'm uh, Trader Joe's right now, you know. And I said, yeah. And, so these experience and being in the places and having something is invaluable. And I think, therefore, when you guys now sharing this expat experience, having this podcast and the connectiveness, that it's, it's incredibly important because you you are able with people who truly understand you somebody who has not traveled somebody who has not lived in a different country as much as they try they cannot quite grab the essence of that uh, that experience yeah i actually i fully agree with that and i think that's that's sometimes something frustrating, even with people that I that I know back home or friends that I make here. If it's not always about just them having the experience of traveling to the states, although that helps, it's this idea of living and being in a different culture and the unique pressures that come from that. And I don't know that everybody can empathize with that. I actually have a, a friend that I made here in Ulm who went to Spain and texted me the other day saying, how do you make friends? It, this is impossible. And this is this is a German texting me this. And I said, well, you know, this is what I started doing as an expat. And I I had to laugh, but I was I was really thankful that they're also having this experience now because I think it's one of the most rewarding things you can do. But of course it's not easy. 
And of course there are hard days. And I, I love that after a hard day, I can just uh, call my mom and, and she gets it. How has the opinion about the country you grew up in been impacted by this mother-daughter relationship and, and this love of that place? So for Alana, how has your mom's love for America impacted your view of the U.S.? And for Gabby, how has Alana's love of Germany impacted your view and opinion on Germany? I, I have to say, I read the news maybe too much. Honestly, like especially with Donald Trump being elected, politics in the States, it's very easy as an American abroad just to see the negative parts of American culture, the ugly parts. And I think sometimes when you're in conversations with other expats, especially American expats, it can be easy sometimes to focus on the negative. So what I like and what I think is a good reminder when I talk with my mom is this appreciation for the openness and the friendliness and the openness to other cultures that are that form the best part of American culture, in my opinion. And I think just viewing American culture through her eyes with sometimes this the sense of wonder and excitement remind me of the aspects of, of my home that I really like and that I I really would love to actually to to carry with me into my German life now. I love that Alana is in Germany and I love that uh, she got to know my family better and her family there. I learn about Germany now as it is because, you know, again, 30 years, there's a lot of changes that happened. I, I think I've gained such an appreciation for, for language and the difficulties of language learning through our relationship. Like, I always admired you, Mom, for despite not maybe being the best English student when you were younger, really throwing yourself into American culture and learning this language pretty much from the ground up, really just wholeheartedly throwing yourself into then raising English-speaking children. I know now when I speak German, in German, in a work setting, or I'm having to compose an email, I think about how you were asking us how to spell certain words. And occasionally I'll want to like just text you, am I using this verb tense correctly? I, I really appreciate how it's not easy operating in a different language, but you really have made it work for you. And I think it really encourages me that the longer that I live here, the easier it will get and that I, I can find a place for myself here. I too can become fluent in German and find a way to express myself in a way that feels true to me. I'm, I'm really appreciative of your example. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And I think that is an important point here that we do talk a lot about language. Uh, I have a bachelor's in education, secondary education. I have a social studies degree. History is my first love, but I got a, also an endorsement in German and was hired as a German teacher, not having any clue how to teach German. And But I understand when Ilana also came and said, I'm so frustrated. People don't realize how intelligent I am because I can't express myself. And that is something that I experienced here too. You know, the frustrations of they know how how academic maybe their vocabulary is, how much they're read and how much they could be able want to express of their thoughts and philosophical ideas or knowledge ideas. And you can't. So the frustrations of that. And I think that is something about Ilana experiencing now too. No, and the, some people correcting me or saying, students saying, oh, that is not an English word. And I, I want to say, sweetheart, 
just because you don't know the word doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <laughs> But on the other hand, I'm also very grateful that when I wrote uh, little funny stuff, you know, writing a letter to parents and I thank Thank God I have a really good friend who are willing to read over my writing because I write something that is correct and makes sense in German because I translated it from German into English and didn't see the difference, but it had a double meaning in English, which I actually did not know. And I was so <laughs> that friend was reading over it and I did not send that letter to the parents, you know. So <laughs> Gabby, I wanna I wanna hear what's one expat life lesson that you've learned from your daughter. For me, is, I think what Ilana, what I really admire about her is the willingness of trying new things. And you, what you did as a child already, you were the first one who raised a hand to hold an alligator or trying something that nobody else would do. Uh, and you still do that. And I admire you reaching out to different people within the environment that you're living in and this, your surroundings. I, I love that you're not necessarily throwing yourself in, into a new experience, but stepping into it, the willingness of that. I can't change my past, but if I could and I would have known you then, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. We're going to go ahead and do the ending segment now, which is tack, tack, tack. It is a rapid fire question round where I ask you guys three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you guys ready? Yeah. What is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Absolutely Christmas. What is your very favorite holiday meal? Ooh, okay. So for me, um, I really love sweet potato casserole at Thanksgiving, but also mom turned me on to red cabbage with apples. And so now I'm starting to include that in both Thanksgiving and Christmas meals. Ilana's tiramisu with three different kinds of alcohols. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What is your mom or slash your daughter's Favorite color? Ooh. Oh, no. I'm going to fail this one. <laughs> I want to say blue. Is your favorite color now blue? Yeah, and I wanted to say that with you, too, but it changes because I think it's... I don't think we, we do have that because it's, it's so mood and environment oriented. I don't think we have favorite colors in that sense. We are colorful people. I like that. <laughs> That's accurate. I love that. Well, I want to say thank you guys so much for coming on and doing this. I, you have such a special relationship, a special family, and it's been such a joy to get to hear more about that and get to hear you guys interact and all of that, I think, especially in times where so many people are going to spend Mother's Day apart from their mothers. It's just really wonderful that we could kind of dip into your guys' experience. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And so nice to meet you. And Elana, thank you for setting this up. It was absolutely special. I love you very much. I love you very much too. Thank you so much for, for taking part. Thanks again to Gabby and Alana for being willing to, to come onto the show and talk together and share their beautiful mother-daughter relationship with all of us listeners. They got into contact with me via the contact form on my website. You can do that too. So head on over to theexpatcast.com. There you'll find a contact form, links to subscribe, links to my social media, and a place to leave a rating and a review. If you want to follow me on Instagram or on Twitter, I'm at theexpatcast. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. 
on Thursday. I'll be back in your feeds with an episode all about navigating cultural barriers while getting a job in Germany. We talk interviews, CVs, contract negotiations. You won't want to miss it. Till then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bis dann. Tschüss.